Right, good afternoon everyone. Here we are about to go with episode four of our podcast. We've had the pleasure of speaking to Sean Jacquet. And Sean is someone who really, really will inspire you. She's someone who has gone through some amazing life events herself. And she's really someone who has fought for and advocated for some of the most marginalized, some of the most vulnerable people in our society. She's definitely someone you want in your corner when you've got a bit of a crisis. She currently holds board positions in social services and education. She's developed policy for youth justice. She's driven change in residential care units in the UK. Um, She's instigated criminal proceedings for misconduct. She's blown the whistle on malpractice. Um, And she is someone we are so lucky to have in New Zealand. She's been here for quite a while now in New Zealand and um, she brings with her sort of 30 years of experience fighting for people's rights. She's a voice for the vulnerable and she's someone who will give you a really good insight into citizenship and then because of that obviously character. So please have a listen. I know you're going to enjoy this one. Give us your feedback. We're on Instagram at Westlake Podcast and Twitter at Westlake Podcast. But as usual, sit back, relax and enjoy. This is episode four, Via Tute, our character education podcast with the inspirational Sean Jackay. Right, so here we are with Sean Jackay. Sean, we talk a lot, you and I sometimes, we don't record it very often. Um, so this is something a little bit new for us, but... We don't do small talk very, very, uh, very well. So we're just going to dive straight into it. Um, school for you as a as a girl growing up in the UK, how was it? Nightmare. Really? Car right. crash. Okay. Um, okay. I suppose the best way to start is that I just was completely and utterly disengaged. Um, I didn't have behavioural problems. I didn't create aggravation or take up too much oxygen. In fact, I probably did what I call completely the opposite. I became a child that was like wallpaper. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Didn't want to be seen, didn't want to be... Right, okay. Very good girl, would never want to make any trouble because I didn't want to be noticed. Yeah. Um, Very long story short, at the end of my primary school, given that we're talking the UK here, yeah? Yes. So we don't have intermediate. Um, My parents were called into school. Uh, about two days before I was supposed to leave, I had two siblings who were already in the local comprehensive yep. school. Um, and my parents were called in and sat down by the headmaster and essentially told that I wasn't going to the local comp. Okay. That they had found me a place for a school for the intellectually subnormal. Which is a which in the sixties fantastic was a term. term used, yep. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, fortunately. For me, I had two parents who were psychiatric nurses, so the entire term of intellectually mm. subnormal was something that they had known about and yep. know about through yes. their professional yep. words, worlds. Um, so then the real challenge started because my parents immediately refused to sign anything. Yes. Um, but we had a huge battle because then the state system closed ranks okay. and it was became virtually impossible yep. for me to be enrolled in any school. Yep. So they ended up uh, looking at private schools. And let me be absolutely clear, the background and culture that I came from, I didn't know anybody mm. that yep. had been to a boarding school or a private school. Yep. Yep. Yeah? Um, my parents were very real, down-to-earth, working-class yep. human beings. Yep. Yep. Um, 
So I went to several schools to be interviewed, failed dismally. Um, and then I went to a school called Howells in Denby, Howells School for Girls. Um, and the headmistress there decided to accept me. Um, and that was quite bizarre. It certainly wasn't because of anything I'd written or any of the tests. She'd taken me for a walk um, around the school grounds at break time, just arbitrarily mm, yeah. asked to check one of the girls to go with her. And I said, yeah, okay. She had a dog, went for a walk. <laughs> um, and then when I came back, she interviewed me and my parents. And essentially what she said to mum and dad was, you know, let me be absolutely clear. The chances of her ever going to Oxford and Cambridge are very remote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But my instinct tells me that I have a young woman here who I think will become a very good citizen. Yep. And our school needs young women yep. who are not part of a factory process. Yep. Yep. So someone probably in the education system for the first time had seen something in you yep. that others hadn't. What, what do you think it was that she'd seen? Had she spoken to you about... Looking back on, on it, okay. It looking back academic. on it, Andrew, I, I, I was brought up in in, a, in quite an interesting family background. Okay. Yeah, um, and my parents were, well, I suppose, quite progressive mm. in the way yep. in which they parented. So I had parents who, as I say, were two mental mental health nurses. My father ran um, one of the biggest locked, secure wards for males in the whole of okay. the UK. Yep. Um, and he was the person to work with the government in yeah. opening yeah. that and, and letting the right. men there who'd been there for over 25 years. So how, how does this relate to me as a child? I mean, I was brought up in a home where every subject was discussed. Um, the fact that my mum and dad worked with people with, at times, very challenging behaviour was quite normal to yeah. us. It wasn't, I was, it wasn't seen. Yeah. So my interaction with adults was quite prolific. Okay. Although I was one of four, it wasn't yes, like I was yeah. an only child. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think probably what she saw in me was a confidence to converse with adults. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's uh, that's the only thing I can think of, because right. I can tell you now what I did in the test was nothing short of <laughs> gobbledygook. Um, then there was a, a very extraordinary set of events. I mean, I, I, I won't now go into the whole detail of suddenly going into a whole new tribe of being in a boarding school 300 miles away from home, because yeah. that in itself was quite a mind-altering okay. <laughs> life experience. That's another episode, yeah. We'll That's another episode. Yeah. I had this uh, religious instruction scripture, as they used to call it back in the day, teacher called Miss Marsh. She had a brother who worked at Bangor University. And she'd been invited to a special dinner to honour Professor Miles, who'd just taken a two-year sabbatical over in um, the USA, studying learning disabilities. Okay. Um, and he was the first person in the UK to ever acknowledge and start working with the whole area of wow. dyslexia. Right, okay. Um, cut a very long story short, he was talking at dinner, telling people what dyslexia was. Yes. But, um, Miss Marsh, group yep. up north, said, I've got a girl in my class, she's just <laughs> like that. Yep. She can't read and write, but you can see the lights are on yep. because she's yep. bright. Yes, yep. So if you asked me a question, I could verbally answer, but I couldn't yep. virtually at all read and yep. write. Um, I was sent to Bank University. I was sent for three days. I went to the education department, psychology department, every other blinking department yep. I could think of. And essentially... I was literally the first person to ever be diagnosed with dyslexia in the UK. Wow, amazing. Um, very interesting challenge because yes. when I was told, I didn't really have much interest in 
being diagnosed as being dyslexic, apart from the fact the word was pretty frightening because I never yes. thought I'd be able to spell it. <laughs> um, or the only relief to me was that I wasn't mad. Right. Well. By which time yeah. I had convinced myself that I had some kind of really significant mental disorder, which is why I couldn't yeah. do everything yeah. that yeah. appeared that everybody yeah. else around me could do easily. Yeah. And I'd made up some kind of story in my head that my parents hadn't told me that I had some kind of yeah. quite significant mental health disorder yeah. because they didn't want to upset me. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. saying it now yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. as a 57-year-old woman. I'm yeah. thinking, what, where was my... But that's the truth. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So when he came to give the feedback and I'm sitting in a room with the headmistress, my t parents, there's about 12 people in there, also research searchers that worked with him that came. And all I can remember of that meeting was... They da -da -da -da, and Stanford Intelligence Test, and he explained what it was. Yep, yep. Um, and all I heard was, she is of superior intellect. That yep. was it. That's that was all, all I needed to, know, to yeah, hear. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, the challenge then, of course, was finding some way to actually unlock how to teach me, because yes. in those days, yep. they could diagnose, yep. but they had no idea what to yep. do with it. Yeah. Um, that left quite a psychological challenge for me. Do I wear being dyslexic as a badge? Mm. Um, do I use it to get help and support? Given this is very early days, it's not as yes, the world yeah, was yeah. today. And it's probably hard for some people listening now to understand the context of dyslexia wasn't a thing no, in the UK. So people hadn't even now, now it's very different. But this Absolutely. is a yeah, yeah yeah okay. So just keep um, that in your mind as you're listening that this is uh, you're a pioneer yeah, in some ways yeah, and very is, new. This so, is the yeah, late sixties, yeah, early seventies, yeah. and and I, I think essentially. What I remember from Professor Miles and my parents speaking about it afterwards, that he felt adamant that it was this whole issue that we had a significant number of children in the education system that couldn't read and write, yeah. nobody could understand why, they didn't have emotional challenges, they'd had the same kind of educational opportunities mm. that other kids yeah. had, yet verbally yes. you could communicate yeah. with them yeah on any level frankly yeah. but yeah. but you know just yeah. the way in which schools work mm. they didn't fit yeah um so so that had quite a profound effect on me to the point that the care and protection of kids i think that was for me a turning point mm. in finding a way to support kids that are different yeah. in any environment yeah. and that was the yeah. theme that grew throughout my life yeah. And the I school was a nightmare, let's yeah, be absolutely yeah, so, clear. Yeah, it was yeah. an absolute yeah, nightmare. And, and, and you know, that, that real heartfelt sort of um, story that you've just shared with us about how that's probably shaped you to go into the careers that you've had and the professions that you've been in. That's right. Could you just shed a bit of light on sort of, obviously, Sean here now, but <laughs> um, is obviously in New Zealand, but had an extensive career in the UK. Um, and, and did carried on that sort of pioneering spirit, I suppose. Um, I hope so. Could um, you give us just a, a brief history of brevity's never done? been my thing, Andrew, but <laughs> no, I'll work on it. Right, okay, brevity. Fine. It's interesting. All right. So here's the thing. So yeah. I finished school. I've got a handful of qualifications that were scrabbled together. Let's be clear here. Yeah. My contemporaries were walking out of school with twelve to fourteen O levels. I think I managed to scrap together four. Yeah. Um, so, the challenge was, what do we do with Sean? Mm. Um, by which time, I'd met a wonderful, wonderful woman who is still in my life. Yep. 
a teacher who stepped forward and said, I'm going to take her under my wing, and that was the drama teacher. Right, well. So yeah. I ended up yeah. uh, going to the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama. Um, I did a degree yeah. in performing arts. At the same time, I worked for social services um, at weekends and holidays. And that was what in those days used to call working on the bank, on the reserve team. Right. So yeah. any time I could be called into right, any okay. kind of residential yeah. unit. Yeah. And that really started my path in working with, I mean, in those days, they would call them schools for the deaf, schools for autistic. You know, mm. they were yeah. very harsh the, in the, the way. The terminology seems oh, yeah. so... Yeah, I, I think about now. it now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at, as I say, at any time, I could go into any residential unit, adults with learning disabilities, the elderly, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, and that certainly had a profound effect on shaping my... My empathy, I yes, think, yeah. for human beings. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, cut a long story short, I did work as a professional actress for about six to eight years um, and did rather well. Um, my problem was that I didn't really feel comfortable in the tribe as in being an actor. Right, um, okay. If I'm honest, that's the mm, truth. I didn't mm. really. So I ended up getting married, had kids, and I said to Andy, I'm losing the will to live here. I can't <laughs> just be at home with these yep. kids. I love them dearly, but they're driving me insane. <laughs> so I ended up um, starting work for social services in a residential unit in the centre of London, which was for adolescents. Okay. Within two years, I was running the whole area of about another eight residential oh, units okay. yep. inside yep. Um, different suburbs yep. of London. Yep. Um, I then got shoulder tapped and asked if I'd go and work in criminal justice and secure okay. units. Yep. Um, and that's what I did. I yeah. went to work in a secure unit in London. Um, and then probably one of the most significant career events. Within, well, if I'm honest, <laughs> within 48 hours, but certainly within a week, I became so concerned about the care and control okay. or the lack of yeah. Yeah. Um, that physical restraint was being used okay. as the usual go-to process for okay. managing yep. challenging behavior yeah and if we could just step back a second so what would why would a child be in a residential home why would a child be in a security what are okay. kind of some residential, of the issues we're talking residential about? homes they would be placed an emergency place from some social services either through the courts or because they were um an emergency place yep. of safety yep. in those days yep. yeah um i would with with adolescents so we was from 12 upwards okay yeah yep. Um, runaways, um, sometimes it was because they were on remand, yep. um, usually, uh, what if there was a usual, there were a considerable number of certainly girls who were put into place of safety because of sexual abuse. Okay. Okay. Um, but these kids had significant challenging yep. behaviour. Yep. Once we get into the secure environment, so I don't want to use the word prisons because mm. it creates in our minds that in truth that's what yeah, it is yeah, it's locked yeah, up yeah, and they don't yeah, have any choice you, to leave liberty freedom yeah. Is, yeah, diminished um, so in those in, in that environment you have young people that come through the criminal justice system and some that come through social services so through social services they would have deemed to be a danger to themselves or a danger to somebody else and a judge would have to go through court would give them a 28 day order right, okay. where they would be assessed and mm. they'd be kept safe mm. um and then 
social workers would have to yeah. go and review and reapply yes, if right, they okay. wanted them to yeah. stay there. Yeah. The other kids, whether either on remand or they were actually serving sentences. Mm, okay. So the level of offending is murder, arson, okay. rape. Yeah. I mean, it's not... Yeah. Um, yeah. But quite a quite an interesting mix of need. Yes, yeah. Because you've got some kids, as I say, who have come very much through yeah. the criminal justice system, and then yeah. others that are count, what we put, would call care protection. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and a very challenging, very vulnerable people, very high profile. And the reason, obviously, we're talking to Sean around uh, why she's the expert is that there isn't much you haven't seen. <laughs> Um, and this really sadly. relates, yeah, sadly at times, yeah. And this really relates a lot to when we touch on later on in this a little bit of parenting advice and, mm. and a few other things about boys at school. So we are really drawing on that experience. So from going that criminal justice system that you you know you said restraint was a primary um, factor in discipline. Discipline it was the go-to place. Effective, not effective. Completely not. Yeah. There is. I will never say never because there are times when a young person needs to be physically restrained because they are clearly a danger to themselves or a danger to somebody else. Yeah. However, to use it as a way of dictating power, mm. yeah. all that does is add a whole other layer to anger yeah. and reflects actually that as the adult in control, you've got nothing left in your yeah. toolbox. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Um, and there's nowhere to go from mm, there. Mm, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. What was really interesting was that I think when I started that job, you know, if I'm really honest, I yeah. was a bit frightened. Yeah. You know, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Understandably, you know, walking yeah. I mean, into an environment. Given, given what we've just you know, heard, yeah, I was I'm told, yeah, you know, yeah, what, exactly. what some of yeah. these kids had done and yeah. what they were. Again, let me set the environment. All knives and forks were counted in and counted yeah. out at the beginning yeah. every meal. Yeah. Every room was searched for anything sharp. Mm staff were assaulted well in that particular unit with monotonous regularity yeah um but that's because they've been created a culture of us and them yes um, yeah. my my fear was was that i wouldn't know what to do right yeah and here's the thing <laughs> and i'm sure any of us can relate to this in some way shape or form if you've got a child, whether they're 18 months old or anything yeah. up to the 18 yeah. years of age, yeah. when anybody is showing violence and aggression, it comes from a place of fear. Mm. That's what I learned very, yeah. very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Because they can't communicate or they're not being heard. We're not even close to having a rational discussion yeah. yet. So yeah. can we all back off from yeah. trying to have rational? Yeah. The first thing is to keep a human being to be safe. Yeah. And that's about your tone of voice. That's about sending a clear message that we're going to take whatever time this takes. Yeah. That your needs are the most important thing mm. to me now. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm here to help you, but this is the boundary that I need mm. for us both to move into a yeah. safe space to yeah. be able to do that. Yeah. And I think um, you know we've, we've we've spoke about it a lot, you and I that. You can't solve behaviour by just talking about the behaviour. There's a like you've alluded to, but there's a belief that sits underneath that that needs addressed first and foremost and in some of your work that could you just give an insight into that type of methodology so you've spoken about sitting down and mm -hmm. you know creating a safe space but what are and this may be advice for parents or people working in different professions 
what are the, some of the questions to ask? How do you elicit that trust with a young person? Uh, how do you get their buy-in? I know well, that's there's a bit two, of a corporate there's two term, very, Let's be clear. There is a very different way of communicating with a young person that you don't have a trusting, bonding yeah. relationship with. Yeah. Yes. So in a school environment, you're going to have a handful of teachers who know... Yeah. kids in yes, a different yes, way yes, of otherwise you could be on duty there's an issue yes. but you don't actually yeah, have a personal no, relationship yeah, yeah. with that child so the first thing to do is to make that judgement mm. because if you don't have a personal relationship with that yeah. child the first place to do is the first thing you must do is think about your level of voice Yeah. yes Okay. that your voice is dropped and that you do not display fear mm. Yeah. because as soon as anybody out of control emotionally yes, yeah, thinks yeah. that the other person yeah. is frightened yeah, of them of that creates even more yeah. fear so yeah. it's a low voice it's quiet talking it's this is my name this is who i am you might not know me what's happening here describe it in as basic way as possible yeah. we need we need to move away from this mm. situation yeah. so what i'd like you to do is just come and walk with me yeah let's just leave all of this don't worry about your bag don't worry about everybody else yeah. right um, if at all possible, move all the onlookers away. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and you just stand still. Mm. Yeah. And if yeah. they'll come and walk with you, then go to a quiet place, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. if they won't, you just stay where you are. Yeah. And you don't walk forward. You certainly don't physically touch. Mm. Um, and again, it's just using that calm space. You don't talk about whatever the issue is. Yeah. Because you're going to be defensive you're yeah. going to have other people jumping in right it's got nothing to do with yeah. the issue yeah. it's about you're presenting as if you're really uptight and you're really angry yeah i don't know what it's about yeah. we'll deal with that later, later yeah. Yeah? yeah let's just go and have a cup of tea mm. or a glass of water yeah. let's just yeah. walk out of this situation and let me help you yeah. work out what to do next yeah. so yeah. almost the emotion's got to be taken out of the Absolutely. situation. The heat's got to come down before we can even start Absolutely. to put anything on. Yeah. So, I mean, and you, and you set a clear boundary. Yeah. 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 Um, and if if a young person starts challenging you, which yes. you know yeah. may well happen, yeah. Yeah. then you're just very consistent, short sentences as well. Because when somebody's losing it, yeah. let's just use that generic yeah. Yeah, term. Yeah, 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 yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's very hard mm. to take information. Yeah. So it's short, clear. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I can't leave you yeah. because. You're not safe. Yeah. 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 You might not recognise it, but you're not safe. Safe is a word I personally use, use quite a lot because it's yeah. a basic word, yeah. isn't it? That yeah. everybody can understand. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And I think you know, listen to that. For those of you listening to this now, there's some real times you can probably think in your life when I, I didn't follow that advice or I didn't know, and then the consequences. You know, it's not like we're dealing with these crazy theoretical issues in terms you see it every day in your own life I got it wrong on that one and the oh, difference absolutely. between getting it wrong and right oh, come on it's um, how we, we were also brought up yeah of course you know our yeah. parents yeah. if we're all honest and I don't know maybe you all came from very <laughs> different homes than yeah. I do but my my memories and, and I can be accused of it myself as a parent you just use a bigger voice yeah 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 because you can with yeah. A little, yeah? yeah but there comes a point where that voice is never going to be big yeah. enough yeah 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 um, and there's a difference between using a big voice which immediately stops a small yes, child from yeah, moving, yes, yeah, yes, yes, than a big voice which is, I am now going to overpower mm. your issue yeah. that you're shouting and raving about. Yeah. 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 Um, because all that does is escalate yeah. and you're going to lose. You yeah. know, there's nowhere for a, a child to go other than usually yeah. into a physical response yeah. then, where yeah. they punch walls and kick doors yeah. and. Yeah. 
and then that obviously leads to a whole other set of conversation it's, it's, it's all about being calm yeah and be yeah. And, and faking it till you make it yeah right so i'm not i'm not saying that anybody who's got these skills mm. suddenly yeah. is able are to do it yeah. there are many many times i've had to dig deep yeah and inside my stomach was flicking over yeah right yeah but i'm very think voice yeah. calm short sentences consistent yeah. message yeah and that's with some of the highest profile most vulnerable yeah. people young people in the uk at the time and obviously that led to other things i'm, I'm jumping back now no, we'll no. move forward but okay. we'll jump back so you know that that social um sorry criminal justice system that you're in can you just talk a little bit about moving up that scale and, and where you ended up before you well essentially i whistle blew on bad, on bad practice yeah. and it, it was a year out of my life that um wow did yeah. i learn a lot about myself yeah did I learn the fundamental understanding of what do I choose to be my core values as a yeah. human being? Yeah. And was I going to body swerve them or was I yeah. going to stand still? Yeah. I stood still. I, yeah. You know, you could say I paid quite a high price for it yeah. in some ways. I'm not sorry I did it. Um, and I learned a hell of a lot. Yeah. When I f when that whole thing finished, it took me just over 12 months. Yeah. And the unit was actually closed down. Yeah. Um, I was then asked if I would go and run the inspection service and be head of the inspection service, yeah. which employed over 80 staff that um, basically inspected anything from childcare, residential care, boarding schools, adults with learning disabilities, older people, anywhere yeah. where there was yeah. hands-on care yeah. involvement. Yeah. Um, quite an interesting part of social services to work in because we literally had more significant powers of rights of entry than police yeah. Um, yeah. or customs officers. We could go in anywhere, see anything, ask to see anything, and mm. nobody could stop us. Yeah. Um, you did two inspections. You did an announced one and an unannounced one. Um, that was also a very interesting learning curve for me professionally. My parents by then had left the health service and owned the first private dementia unit in right. the UK. Wow. I was yeah. actually brought up in a dementia unit. That's a whole other story. <laughs> Episode uh, three or four. Uh, I want to um, so yeah, I, I I went to work as head of the inspection service, and I think one of the first most significant things I did was start group meetings with local government, yeah. private and residential um, homeowners, voluntary and charity. Mm and actually started this whole concept. I mean, yeah, I'm saying it now like, really? But the truth is nobody it, it, in those days I, ever met. I was just about to say that it's, it's, it's bizarre to think that this didn't happen, but yep. somebody has to break the yep. silos and yep. testament to you for, for doing that. And but the, it whole, does seem the whole so attitude was us and them. Yeah. And, and I think schools were a yeah. bit like that in yeah. those days as yeah. well, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, there was a school gate, yeah. parents, parents left, on your kids yeah. come through, we know what we're doing, leave us yeah. alone. Yeah. Well, it was much the same kind of culture yeah. in social services. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, I started a lot of group sharing. Yeah. Um, I also am very proud of the fact that I sent two or three people to prison for bad care practice. Yeah. Um, I had, you know, and I, and I say that literally no, no, with a yeah, smile yeah, on my face. Yeah, yeah, I, I had no yeah, problem. Yeah, it was yeah, my job yeah, to do it. To, to and if you're yeah. going to systematically abuse old people and children in care, then uh, no problem. Yeah. No problem yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was what was next. And then it kind of grew from there. I worked on working groups when we were putting the Children's Act together. I worked on, um, yeah, quite a lot of significant changes in 
how we as a society, to my mind, valued children yeah. and gave them a voice. Yeah. That for me, my whole boarding school experience, my whole educational experience, it was being voiceless. Mm. It was being patronised because I didn't fit in. Yeah. 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 Um, and that certainly fed a lot of my um, focus yeah. and efforts in that world. Yeah. Um, I then left social services and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, the whole idea was that I was going to be a stay-at-home mom with three kids. Well, that didn't last very long. Um, I think it was about 10 days, and I ended up being chair of governess, as they call them, yep. in the UK uh, at the school my kids went to. And then, through another bizarre set of circumstances, um, I was speaking to a head teacher um, who told me that he had a real problem. Could I speak to him? Because he knew what my background was. And they had a teacher that he was a bit worried about mm. being around children. Wow. And I yeah. raise an eyebrow. Yeah. I mean, this is, you yeah, know, again, 20 odd yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah. Um, and I said, what exactly do you mean? And he gave me an outline. Um, there was no substantive, hardcore pick up the phone mm. and call the police mm. evidence. Mm. But there was enough for my personal little radar yeah. to be going bleep, bleep, bleep. Yeah. Um, and my first thing to say to him was, well, what's the policy and procedures in school? Mm. Yeah. And he looked at me like, what? Yeah. Again, bizarre to think said, that what? it doesn't exist. You haven't but, got yeah. a policy yeah. and procedure for the care and protection of kids in, in school. Yeah. <laughs> and he wouldn't have been the only school. It wasn't like that oh, school. Oh, the, the whole borough. Yeah, yeah. The whole borough. This yeah. is one of the biggest London boroughs there is. Yeah. Um, so I went home and yeah, threw a few cushions around and <laughs> chomped, which is what I do. And the next day I went up to the director of education's office and sat outside his office until he saw me. Yeah. And I just said, really? Yeah. And he agreed. Um, then I worked with a whole group of teachers and yeah, put together the policies yeah. and procedures yeah. and did training for that yeah. for a while. Yeah, that was a, that's amazing, the, this sort of journey that you've just taken us on, Sean. And um, my next question was, times in your career that your character may have been tested, but I think, <laughs> I think every day maybe uh, maybe the answer to that. Um, but the level of bravery and integrity that you've shown there and those values, I think, shines through. What advice could you give to sort of young people who are in a position where they might feel this is not right? You know, there's a lot of pressure on mm-hmm. sort of blowing the whistle on this or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Can you give them a bit of advice? Speak directly to them now before we get on to some other things about what it takes to be that person, what values and traits and things that you have to dig deep and find. Um, you get to choose, Andrew, that's the yeah. bottom line. Okay. Um, and I would say that from the age of eight or nine, children are old enough, certainly by the time they get to secondary school. Yeah. Um, and you need to understand what are my core values and what is it I will stand by yeah. and what won't I. Mm-hmm. And my view is that we grow and develop that into the characteristics and create communities by values. And the kids need to understand that there are times when you speak out because it is about the care and protection of somebody else. And yes, there are times when that will go pear-shaped. I'm Mm. not going to lie. I'm not going to tell you that you're always going to come out the conquering hero. But my rule of thumb is, it's me I've got to live with. Mm. And it's my head that's got to hit the pillow at the end of the night and know that with integrity, I can live with the choices that I've made. Yeah. yeah. 
I think in school environments, if, let, let's actually be specific. In school environments, if you are a student and you see, hear, observe something that you either literally know is wrong mm. or instinctively know is wrong, yep. yes, find a teacher that your instincts tell you is safe, yep. yeah? and frame the conversation, mm. right? Mm. Don't go in there demanding, don't go in there and say this is wrong or you judge somebody yeah. else. Yeah. You go in and you say, sir or miss or whoever, yeah. this is what I've seen and, or heard, this is what I think it means, mm. and I'm concerned that this may be happening. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And it's as little as You've seen a boy two or three times twist the ear or be a bit rough around another yeah. kid. Yeah. Yeah? Now, in one scenario, it might look completely innocuous. Yes. 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 Yeah. And it's just a whole load of boys yeah, walking yeah, around yeah, one yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. But if your instinct is telling you something's going on there, yeah. then your instinct yeah. is probably it's right. It's probably right, right? yeah. And, it, and trusting your gut and, and that seeing repeated patterns of behavior is normally a real trigger as to Absolutely. sort of the real yeah. answers to or the real issue that's going on um but yeah it's not easy but that is the mark of of, of being a honest oh who do you want to be you know you, you know as an adult yeah. what i say to a lot of youngsters when i've worked with them uh, this whole area of being emotionally robust yes yes yeah, yeah. being confident enough to be yourself if you try and fast forward your mind, and, and okay, let's just say you've got a job in New York, yeah. right? And you're walking along the street and there's somebody literally on the floor. Mm. What kind of a human being yeah, are you gonna be? Yeah, to, yeah. Are you walking past, are you crossing them, yeah. over? Yeah. Or are you bending down and saying, are you okay? Mm. I, mean, yeah. I, I, I don't know how else to put it. And, and we can't yeah. wait, or you shouldn't be waiting till adulthood, as if some magical thing's gonna exactly. happen, you're gonna become an adult yeah. and yeah, I'm that kind of person. I if, you're, if you're on a bus, boys, and a, a, an elderly person comes on, mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, are you just going to sit there? Or are you actually going to get up? Yeah. Or are you actually going to get up and down four times when you see people with shopping yeah, bags yeah, going yeah, on and off? Yeah. And your mates might not do that, but oh. that doesn't mean, that's, that's a totally yeah. different It's scenario. about what kind of a human being do yeah. you want to be? Yeah. And how do you want the world to treat your mom and your gran and, yeah? Yeah. It's... It is about creating a framework and mm. painting the picture yeah. of who do I want to be as an adult. Yeah. yeah, and then, like you say, your head's got to hit the pillow, you've got to look in the mirror and... That's right, learn to live with that yourself. Can, yeah, exactly, yeah. and reconcile either way. But I suppose that brings us to a to a real sort of strong suit of yours and a lot of your present career is parenting and dealing, yep. working with parents and, and boys. Um, obviously, your role as a, as a mum... Is, is really really important to you and it's it's important to everyone who is a mum or a dad or it's their biggest sort of job as you were but what are you seeing that sort of what's important what do they need the, what advice would you give what's important what's not um yeah can you just give us a from who you see on your day-to-day -day work the landscape of things as they are okay uh, this is the world according to sean yep. let's be clear yep. right it doesn't make me right no I think the first thing to do is that as parents you need to sit down and you need to be really clear and honest what your job is. Yeah. 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 What is your job? Yeah. Yeah. 
And what is the outcome that you want? Mm. So we have a young child here, a baby in arms, right? Yeah. We've got, we've signed up legally for 16 yeah, to 18 yeah, years. Yeah, absolutely, yeah? Yeah, the yeah. law says we've yeah. got to be there for that amount yeah, of time. Yeah. So what are you? So if we're feeding, we're watering them, we're keeping them warm, and we're giving them clothes yeah. and shoes on their feet. Yeah. What is it above and beyond, beyond that, that yeah. you, you're going to do? Yeah. Um, what Andy and I did many years ago, our kids are all now in their late twenties. We literally sat down and worked out what the value base was. Yeah. Because Andy came from a very different culture than I did, and came from a very different parenting style. Mm. And what we did was we cherry picked yeah. the bits yeah. that we both agreed worked. Yeah. Um, and agreed to be consistently challenging when either of us were not on point. Yep, yep. Um, I'm smiling to myself as I say that. <laughs> Memories are flooding back. <laughs> so it's about having clear values. If I give you, I think probably the clearest example is one of the values we wanted was that we wanted independent yep. children. Um, and that was for a lot of reasons. A, because... If I'm absolutely honest, both my mother and my maternal grandmother had died in their 50s. Okay. So there was like this thing in my head of, well, I might die young yeah, and, and yeah. these kids aren't going to have a mother. Um, there was also a sense of when I looked at the world around me and, and the kind of life experience I'd hap had up until when I brought kids uh, into the world. One of the most significant constants is change. Mm. And having emotionally robust kids who have an understanding of independence yes yes from a very young age and that starts with trusting them to take the letter and put it into the post box while yeah. you're hiding behind the yeah. hedge yeah. to make sure yeah. they don't yeah. wander off yeah. yes that's about leaving them in the playground to start talking to other kids mm. and sometimes you know when they're two and a half three yeah. it doesn't go well yeah yeah yeah. And toys are pulled from each other and somebody falls and somebody mm. cries. Yeah. But again, you resist that temptation of running to in, dive in yeah. and yeah. to save them from what? Yeah. Learning how to socially stand up for what they think, to find their own voice yeah. and to appropriately socially manage situations. Yeah. Yeah. I think that one of the core focuses that parents need is to bring up emotionally independent mm. kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because that's one sure thing in our world, that everything changes. Every, yeah, yeah. And the kids who survive and the grown adults that I work with, the most emotionally secure and robust human beings are ones that have the ability to change. Yeah. That when circumstances, situations change, yeah. they're able to review mm. and to come up with a plan B. Yeah, yeah. And that, that temptation to as parents to try and control everything and lead the Absolutely. narrative and change Absolutely. the weather and it's just not it's a false economy I suppose is what you're saying if you're that listening to this and you have a child in the first or second year of, of this school mm. and you have already put together what subjects they're going to take what yeah. university they're going to go to what you know what the whole nine yards mm. is yeah you're on the road to hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah. I, and I suppose you've seen it as the very worst levels yes. of sort of dereliction of duty of, and not yeah. actually giving yeah. a monkeys yeah. about what the children are doing to the other end. And I would, of, I would personally, again, the word condition, yeah. I would say that is as abusive. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Of, of the the other side of it, of the red carpet being rolled out and, and life so easy. Um, yeah. We did some emer emergency foster care when we first came to New Zealand. This is 15, 18 years ago. Um, 
and we had two or three young people who were at secondary school who needed emergency place of safety. Mm. And that was because they had been physically assaulted by parents who were not in schools with low decile, with yeah. any kind of social framing yes, yeah. that, 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 that would have been presumptions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These were middle class, upper middle class families mm. on the North Shore mm who thought it was perfectly okay to beat their children because yeah. they're not doing the homework, they're not getting high enough yeah. grades, yeah. Yeah. or they've been found looking at something on the internet. Mm. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not even opening the door to no, big no, nasties yeah, on internet. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. were just, yeah, yeah they were, we literally had one kid that had been given a, a real serious yeah. hanging. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because she put the internet on to just look at it. To look at it, yeah. And, and again, um, I suppose it goes back to what's underpinning it. The belief is more important than the behaviour and and, the, and setting that as yeah. a yeah, and control a value base yeah. as parents. This yeah. this belief that, that the world has has gone now. Yeah, it's gone, finished, over. Yeah, yeah. There are certain cultures in the world where it's taking longer, but even now, I think one of the things in New Zealand and certainly a school like this. I mean, I can't remember uh, the headmaster last time I heard him speak said how many languages you've got now. Yeah, it was be, phenomenal. Yeah, it was in the fifties. Yeah, it's yeah, fifty or 60, odd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, this is a cacophony yeah. of different cultures. Yeah. yeah. And therefore, as a school, you've now got a cacophony yeah. of different belief systems yes. about what education is and what successful education for their individual child. Yeah. My point is that once you move into New Zealand, mm. you need to change those views. Yeah. Because it's not possible because we're not we're not playing the same game of monopoly yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. yeah. And I would argue very strongly that an academic learning and development is clearly important. I'm mm. not saying it yeah. isn't. Yeah. But for me, social skills trump that mm. 150 times yeah yeah and if you go out into the marketplace and yeah. you work for corporates like yeah. i do yeah if do they want a youngster that's got all excellence but can't hold a conversation can't <laughs> problem solve yeah. yes and puts their hand up to say what do i do next yeah. even if they're a genius yeah yeah that's not what's needed in the world yeah 100 percent, 100 percent agree and and even even adults that you meet now, you know, that you, you get a sense of who has been in a position to have been brought up with those values, manners, standards, etc. So it does, it's not like it's a, he's 18 now, right? It stops, it's, it continues to evolve. Absolutely. And and that's that's also, I mean, what you're saying now about reaching the age of 18, I mean, yeah. I used to consistently joke, mm, was I really joking, yeah. with my kids that, you know, I signed up to your 18, yeah. after, you, you're the squatters. After yeah, then yeah, you're out, you're out yeah. But what's interesting is, certainly in this last 10 years, our world has changed yeah. out of all recognition. Yeah. And that sense of financial independence yeah. is no longer possible. Yeah. Um, so Andy and I had to change our viewpoint about how do we support these kids in, yeah. in growing up, getting educated, moving on with their lives, but staying at home longer, coming back home, um, which I'll be honest has been a challenge. Yeah, you know I love yeah, them dearly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. I don't always like them, um, <laughs> yeah. and I was really quite looking forward to having my life back. Mm. But anyway, yet to happen. Yeah, yeah, and there's so many things that yeah, but the world the changes. All of that, you know, yeah, absolutely, changed. absolutely. And 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 with that changing world, I think that probably brings us on to the next little piece that we want to do. What what should boys and I'm 
obviously because it's Wesley, but children or young adults be focusing on to get them ready for that changing world. So we, we, we know that jobs are going to exist that don't exist now in five, ten years. We know that uh, automation and artificial intelligence is going to take a lot of things away from people that would have been careers, etc. Uh, and, and I'm not just talking I mean, about there is, what there should they be focusing well, look, there on? Isn't, there isn't a, a, a one-size-fit-all. Yeah. But if I'm, if I'm really honest yeah. about what I think, I think that confidence and creativity... Yeah. I actually believe that the kids that are brilliant at maths, brilliant at science, mm. you know, your academic, mm. shiny, shiny, yeah, badge-wearing yeah. individuals, yes. all should be made to go to drama classes because they need yep. to actually learn how to speak, not just communicate yep. through the written word. Because yep. the written word is no longer of such value in today's world as we all yeah, know. As, yeah. um, equally, I think that creative problem-solving is a fundamental life skill. Mm. And that the sooner schools embrace that kind of thinking yes. and empower young people to solve their own problems, yep. not be dictated to. Yeah. Yeah. Which I understand is hard yeah. because equally I've run institutions, yes. you know, whether yeah. we like the word or not, it yeah. is an institution. Yeah. 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 Um, and there needs to be clear boundaries. Mm. And I think again, one of the ex head teachers here had a very famous saying about what boys want and, and I've always agreed with him that it's all about boundaries. Mm. Boys need to know that this that the rules are fair. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And these are the boundaries, and this yeah. is going to be the consequence. Yeah. It is yeah. no different than running a prison. Yeah. 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 It's a really interesting um, concept. It's human beings need to know that's yeah. how they where, feel where safe. Like, yeah. Yeah. But within those boundaries, obviously, that is there's the pockets exist to exercise your creativity. Ex, you know, show Absolutely. your confidence. Yeah. Show your compassion, your vulnerability, etc. So I think. As much as sometimes boundaries is given a bit of a, a negative connotation, what we're actually saying here is that this is a framework for something that can be so positive. We all know Absolutely. where we sit. Absolutely. And, and, then you can and, and here's the thing. There are several times ex examples I can give you in my life where I've sat with young people who have done something pretty damn heinous. Yeah. And, you know, there needs to be a consequence. Yes. Right? Yeah. If you sit in front of a group of young people and say... I'm not going to give you the consequence. I'm going to leave you now for five minutes. I want mm. you to think about it and come up with what you yep. think is appropriate. Yep. I have never been in that situation where what they've suggested is significantly more yep. hardcore than I would yep. have ever have done. Yeah, and the power that that gives that group Absolutely. as well is, Absolutely. is, is quite So again, that important. whole boundary setting. Mm. So for young teachers, I've had the privilege of, of speaking and, and coaching to young teachers, and they're all... They're all the theme again is, oh, how am I going to control the class? Yes, well, what yeah, happens yeah, yeah, if I yeah. lose control? Yeah. Um, and my advice to them is, look, be very clear and start as you mean to go on. Yeah. Yeah. And say, this is what needs to happen. These are the things that need to yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah. How are we going to achieve it? So collectively now, how as a group? Yeah. What do you know works? What have other teachers done that works? Mm. What hasn't worked? What works for you? Come on, let's now yeah. agree as a class what it is we're going to do. Um, and there's a lot of comfort in everyone knowing where they stand. I don't, I don't think I've ever met anyone who likes, you know, give me as much ambiguity, please. I, I really want more of that. Or exactly. can, you, can you extend that grey area? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, love a bit more grey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Teenagers just love a bit of grey. It just, it just <laughs> doesn't happen, I suppose. But, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but you've got to be a confident adult to be yeah. able to do that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, you're also talking about, you know, what is it? 
that boys need? What mm. is it? That, what boys need is to be surrounded by role models and by adults that are confident enough to yep. own their space. Yep. And there is nothing more empowering than sitting in front of a young person or a class for that mm. matter and saying, I got it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Needing to be right all the time and having a fear of losing control. Yeah. They'll smell that a mile away. Yeah. And that is not always a, there doesn't always have to be a winner and a loser. Exactly. In every, we've exactly. almost been conditioned to, Absolutely. I can't win unless there's yeah. a loser, you know, and yeah. that's obviously. And the perception <laughs> of most young males is, that teachers have got the power. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I won't actually go into the fact that they haven't because mm. we don't. I don't want the boys to completely start taking no, over. Not, yeah. But the truth of the matter is, just look at sheer numbers, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a hell of a lot more of you yeah, than there yeah, is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The point is that we no longer live in a world where an adult's voice or direction or instruction mm. is mm. just that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not sure that's a bad thing, by the mm. way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, But there has to be a way that kids are empowered to have a voice about their education, about how they're treated, about how they're spoken to. Yeah. But to do that, we need teachers who are confident enough in themselves. Yeah. yeah? And actually have the ability to talk to kids rather than just give instruction. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is a very different thing. Talking and talking with a message in a, in a, mm -hmm. a real... Um, with the mind of a, a listener, I suppose, and, and mm -hmm. having that is, is a very powerful thing, but it's always, it can be lost in the pressure of what's going on around you. But Well, it can, but, but I would, uh, again, I would challenge and I would argue and I would say, uh, as a professional in this environment, mm. you need to be focusing on that. You just yeah. don't go into your back pocket when you need it. Uh, absolutely, yes? yeah. yeah. Who you are, how you are perceived, mm. and fundamentally how you are respected. I have never gone into a working environment wanting to be liked. Yeah. Yeah. But I need to be respected. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's my responsibility, yeah. not yeah. the people that I'm taking yeah. care of. And it, and I suppose it's probably taking a fresh when I mentioned pressure there it's probably about taking a fresh eye to look at what that pressure actually is and where it's coming from Absolutely. I think. Yep. You know something Is it perceived or is it real? Yeah. Um, and it's okay, regardless of how many years you've been in teaching, to put your hand up or to go and find somebody mm. who's probably a little bit wiser, been around the mulberry bush 36 yep. times, yep. and saying, mm, this is what I'm thinking, this is what I'm feeling, this yep. is what I'm dealing with. Got any ideas? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Because that's not weakness. Yeah. That, to me, is professional integrity. Yeah, and, and a strength to, to, like we said before, admit your vulnerability, admit you might yep. be wrong. and. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. We've really looked, I think, what I've liked talking to you, Sean, that level of citizenship and ability to make a positive change in the right way is, is astounding. It probably brings me to, to almost to close with a, a couple more questions, I suppose. But in your opinion, good person, if I'm saying what makes a good person and you could impart a little bit of wisdom, things that you wish you'd known when you were mm. at school that you know now, what message would you share? What makes it, what do they need to be equipped with? Schools, parents, society, country, government, empathy. Human beings are not born with the innate ability to empathize. Mm. 
trust me, when you find one that really doesn't have puberty, yeah, 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 yeah. they go find the past. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, can see them a mile away. Yeah. Empathy. Yeah. If we can start seriously in nursery schools, primary schools, this whole ability to stop and ask somebody to verbally explain what do you think that's like for that person? Yeah. How is that person feeling? It isn't actually that difficult yeah. to do. No, no. But we have to change a culture of mm. caring. Yeah. And that, I think, is one of the most important things. Mm. It's empathy. Yeah. yeah. Um, because from that standpoint, there's very little you can't yeah. solve in the world. Yeah, yeah. And find some middle ground. Yeah. And I think that that just that word in itself and all of the things that can grow from that empathy mm. you know we often hear you know you've got to be on honest you've got to be loyal you've got to be committed you've got to but without that as a core a, a core value i think yep. we are just helping ourselves and looking after yep. number one i suppose truth is um, a losable fee sandy let's just be yeah. clear about that yeah. right there's no point in trying to convince people yeah. that you need to be truthful because mm. none of us are we mm. can't be it's not part of the human condition um and again, when you're dealing with issues with behaviour, yes. especially with males, yeah. right, they're preconditioned to be defensive. Yeah. 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 Um, and so don't go down that road of truth. Mm. Yes. Yeah. It's, you know, if, if I watched something, if I watch a car accident outside on this road and there's five of us watching it, we'll have five different versions of it. Yeah. So again, you approach things not from a point of there is an exact truth. Exactly. It's yeah. What, yeah. What's your experience of that? Because it's going to be different from theirs yeah. and different from yeah. theirs and different yeah. from mine. Yeah. And again, that's empathy. That, that's yeah, how that, you teach yeah, people yeah. to and, and see it from different perspectives. Yeah. Different perspectives. Uh, absolutely. Um, Sean, this has been fantastic talking to you. Uh, from from me, uh, you, you know, you you know that you're someone I, I sort of lean on a little bit for advice and guidance, and I'm so thankful. But but the what you've shared with hopefully parents, boys, you know, I hope they're going to listen to it, take a few notes, and and it'll stay with them for a while, I think, because it is some really powerful heart stuff. It's not all head and theory and science and right, it's logic. Very it's, yeah, it's very much yeah, not. It's very much not. But who cares? You know, I'm not no. saying who cares flippantly. As it's a parent who, or as an individual, as a young male preparing your life, the bottom line is you get to choose who you want and need to be. Yeah. So as a parent, it's perfectly okay to change from what you've learned. Yeah. And in fact, I would beg you to look at the world that your pe your young children and young adults are going into yep. because it bears no resemblance to yep. the one we were brought up yep. in. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I think the that line there, you get to choose, yep. is very, very powerful. And we'll, we'll probably call it a day now. Thank you <laughs> Thank very, you. very much. Absolutely brilliant. Thank and I'm you, sure we're going we're gonna to hear from you again soon. So, Sean from Westlake Boys, Thank you very much. Absolute pleasure.